Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Saturday Night Live with Amy Schumer is over, but we're just getting started here on the SNL Post Show Recap on PostShowRecaps.com. And now here are the two guys who are here to tell you, yes, you can drink on those antibiotics. I am Rob Sister. Here's Rich Tackenberg. Rich, how are you? I am good. I am good. I'm excited. I feel like SNL came out of public beta and we had our first real live solid uh, SNL this week. Yeah, it's very exciting. Amy Schumer was the host. And a lot of excitement around this episode and looking forward to uh, breaking it all uh, down with you on the middle episode. This is the meat of the new SNL sandwich uh, in between last week's episode with Miley Cyrus and next week's episode with Tracy Morgan. Yep. I think this is probably going to be the highlight of the October shows as far as content goes. So excited to get into it and talk all about it. Good. So just give me uh, your uh, big picture talking about uh, this past episode. It sounds like you are very high on the Amy Schumer episode. Yeah, there was a lot that I liked about it. I'd say sort of post update, you know, we fell into a, you know, very legitimate sort of uh, lull for a bit of it. But for most of it, I really liked it. I thought uh, very interesting, uh, you know, Amy Schumer, not only a great stand up comic, but as most people know her from inside Amy Schumer, she is an executive producer and star of a sketch comedy show. So you're bringing one sketch comedy sensibility to a very different sketch comedy sensibility. And I think what we saw here was a lot of live sketches that were sort of weird sort of just premises that just sort of followed there wasn't sort of a a a theme to it there wasn't necessarily a big sort of message to it it was just a lot of odd situations that we just sort of followed where they would lead and i thought it created a very fun very different atypical snl probably closer to older snl episodes than current so uh, i really liked it i thought there was a, a lot of fun stuff to talk about okay so we are here live recording this on black Lab.im. We are going to be able to uh, take your questions here in the chat room as you're following along. Plus, you can tag your questions in the chat room, do a slash Q to tag a question, uh, and we will try to answer as many as we can. And who knows, uh, we could even take your questions live at the end of the show if you're so inclined. And then also we'll be hearing from James Keese to talk about the weekend as the musical act here here on the SNL Recap. All right, Rich, let's start off with this cold open. It's the return of the Fox and Friends cold open. And I know you're smiling because it means uh, more wacky Bobby Moynihan. Tell me, what did you think? What did you think of uh, the return of the Fox and Friends? Well, it's interesting, first off, that, you know, we think of it as an old classic SNL sketch, but we didn't see Fox and Friends at all in season 40. The last time we saw this was uh, in season 39 with Anna Kendrick. So it's really had been put to get bed for a bit. Um, I think what we saw in this sort of the evolution of Fox and Friends, I'm not saying anything I haven't said years ago, is we've really moved away from making fun of the Republican right of Fox and Friends. And we had a couple of jokes about how, like, Planned Parenthood 
parenthood is uh, parenthood is selling baby parts on Snapchat, and we've really moved away from that. And it's much more about the the Brian Kilmeade character just being dumb. And we're just really all of the sort of political things for the most part were set up to uh, Bobby Moynihan just saying very dumb stuff. Uh, and and also as we've talked about in the past, what used to be a fun little tag at the end, which were the corrections, really has become all of America is watching this sketch with mild amusement. We're all waiting for the corrections. So uh, you know, as I think this was a very solid cold open. I like the energy of it. I thought we had a lot of fun jokes that Bobby Moynihan had as Brian Kilmeade, which I don't think is in any way uh, like uh, the real Brian Kilmeade is almost just this fake character they've created. Um, so a lot of fun here. The the sort of the uh, our appearances of topical people. Again, I'm so unplugged from the real current mm-hmm. events that I didn't know who these people were. So uh, definitely amusing in that. Uh, but uh, I don't know that it meant much to me. Rich, did they always have uh, Vanessa Bear as the woman in this sketch? Because Fox and Friends had hired Elizabeth Hasselbeck probably since the last time they did this. Was it always Vanessa Bear, and was she just playing a different woman, and now she's playing Elizabeth Hasselbeck? Yeah, I, I think we may have talked about this. I'm fairly positive that in season 39, it was already Elizabeth Hasselbeck. What I liked about it is it was always Vanessa Bayer playing the woman that predated Elizabeth Hathos Hasselbeck. And in changing characters, they changed nothing about <laughs> Vanessa Bayer. It's like the same wig. It's the same outfits. It's the same tone. They just literally changed nothing, which I think was the great meta joke of Elizabeth Hasselbeck coming in to replace thing was Gretchen Carlson. Uh, so that always makes me laugh. I thought that was really fun. Yeah. I mean, I thought that as you are, I'm a little bit disconnected from uh, the specific things that they were talking about in the sketch. So I really can't uh, weigh in on the Pete Davidson character as uh, Jason Chaffetz uh, from Utah and whether that was an accurate depiction. I did Google a picture of him and said, oh, I guess. And then uh, the good kid, enough. Yeah. And I'm not even sure if the, the person that came McKinnon was playing was a real person or not. So I can't really <laughs> weigh in on the uh, topicality of this sketch. But in terms of the jokes at the end, I know you always pay close attention to this. What were some of the standouts? Uh, so, and, you know, and I will say, uh, you know, as often as this happens, uh, I thought that it, you know, it sometimes starts out a little bit sort of like, mm, OK. And then by the end, I'm just laughing so hard. Uh, we started off iPads are not just for women. Uh, I like that there are no emoji for illegal immigrants. So that that was funny. I like that Pac-Man fever did not kill 400,000 children in the 80s. Uh, Jewish people do exist. Uh, I'm looking at a couple more. Uh, I like Charles Schultz did not die of a peanuts allergy. Uh, John Stamos isn't the Greek god of yogurt. <laughs> it just absolutely made me laugh so hard. Uh, Donald Trump has no plans to deport Speedy Gonzalez. Also very funny. Thank goodness. Um, yeah, it's very funny. Uh, uh, Muslims are allowed to be girls. I thought was cute. King Cobras are not elected. And uh, my favorite at the end was an IUD does not explode inside of a woman. I thought that was very <laughs> yeah. funny. So, so overall, uh, just again, very, you know, very, very fun. And, uh, you know, to the question that Johnny D asked us on Twitter, uh, he asked us, is it just me or did the Fox News apology list scroll a lot slower during the cold open? Uh, absolutely right, Johnny. This is a thing that this thing used to fly by as a fun Easter egg for people with DVRs. And it's now become the focus. It's definitely slower so that people watching it can sort of catch it. So um, this is generally really fun. And 
big points to the live from New York at Saturday night. You got, you know, the three of them together screaming with just joy in their heads. And it was just really fun. And then we've talked about this a lot before in the cold opens that Kate McKinnon is always the closer in the cold open. You always have her as like the final person that you bring on. Right. You don't have her at the start of the sketch, but you have her come on like three quarters of the way through and then she brings it home and she was a uh, really uh, great, great energy. Rich, we talked about it so much in season 40, but the introductions from Daryl Hammond, some people said that they were surprised we didn't address it last week. Did you notice any wholesale changes from the season 40 intro to the season 41 <sighs> intro? Nope. I mean, I didn't bring it up last week because there's really nothing to say. Unfortunately, we're basically this is the Daryl Hammond era. We're doing it the Daryl Hammond way. Uh, I just desperately miss the old Don Pardo. We also didn't talk about the uh, the documentary that had aired beforehand last week, which I don't know that we need to cover. But just in hearing some of the Daryl of, of the Don Pardo openings of years past, it just it made me long for for somebody giving it that kind of bravado and and just full out uh, yelling. So I, I definitely miss it. Okay. So let's talk about this uh, big monologue from Amy Schumer. She comes out with the handheld microphone, you know, she's going to do uh, some stand up, and yep. uh, she does a, uh, a really fun set. I thought, what'd you think of the Amy Schumer stand up monologue? A monologue. I mean, you know, I don't know, a plus, a plus monologue. I thought it was great. You know, she came out very nervous, which at first I was like, why would Amy Schumer be nervous? She's fantastic. But then I thought about it and you go, you know, Amy Schumer is known as sort of a very popular standup right now. But I would bet most people don't actually know her from standup comedy. Most people would know her from her sketch show Inside Amy Schumer, from talk shows, and then obviously from the big movie Trainwreck. So I think for most of America, this was really her sort of first crack at just classic standup comedy other than some a comedy central half hour here or you know five minutes there so i so it was interesting to see that she was nervous but i thought it was great i thought she did a great job really funny stuff uh you know once she started to get comfortable i think by the time we got to washing her baby the baby her niece i think she was really having a lot of fun uh just just i thought she did a great job in terms of uh the movie Trainwreck from over the summer, I didn't see it. Did you uh thumbs up for Trainwreck? Two, no, two thumbs two up. Thumbs two thumbs up. Two two if I can throw in a couple of two and a half thumbs up. Very funny. Uh probably uh my wife and I's favorite movie of the of the season. It was just uh, really fun. And a lot of SNL alumni and stars in it, which we will be talking about in a moment. Uh but just really fun the whole way through. Okay. Uh, she talked about the Kardashians. She talked about washing the baby. She met Hillary Clinton. Uh, did you think that that story was apocryphal or was that an accurate? Uh, do you think that was the real story of meeting Hillary Clinton? I'm going to guess based on generally comedians aren't going to fabricate set up lines about real people just to get to a punchline. So I'm guessing it was. Uh, I thought it was interesting. One of her only ad libs in the monologue was that she was sort of uh, discouraged about the amount of applause Hillary got at a mention. I thought that was interesting. I think we'll talk about politics a little bit when we get the weekend update. Uh, I did love with the Kardashians when she referred to them. She said they uh, they take the faces they were born with as light suggestions. I thought that was very funny. And the Chloe bit was very funny so yeah a lot a lot of good stuff there the whole bradley cooper chunk was great it was long uh i'm gonna take a total stab in the dark and say that my guess is that when she was wrapping up bradley cooper she brought it back to the very beginning by saying i guess it is like she's like oh i guess i'm engaged to bradley cooper i guess it is a good time to be a woman in hollywood and it didn't get a big laugh and i think that she 
uh, my guess is that she then wung it and decided to do another piece about being hacked and the Googling jokes as more bits from her stand-up comedy that I think she thought, oh, I didn't get the big laugh, so I'm going to add a little something and get a couple more laughs on my way out. So maybe a little bit longer than we previously would have planned. But overall, just very funny. Uh, Humberto had said, I think on Twitter, was this uh, Amy's, was this one of the best monologues in years? I, I, I agree. I thought it was great. In I mean, years? I love the Louise. Well, I think that, you know, we, you know, always stand up comedy monologues are, are always going to be better than the actress singing or mm-hmm. taking questions from the audience. I thought, you know, you know, because Louis C.K. and uh, Chris Rock are such pros, they're sort of pushing the envelope where Amy, I feel like, was just there to do a great set. Mm-hmm. And so I think that net net, I probably laughed more at Amy's than I did at Louis last year, um, although all good. I mean, this is sort of degrees of, of who likes what the most. This, this, I thought it was all very good. Yeah, I don't want to give off the sense that I didn't like it. I just don't want to yeah. be overly hyperbolic. Uh, yeah, no, I, I thought it was very, I thought it was very funny. She set a great tone. Uh, and I think when she comes back to host and again, and I can guarantee she will, just like Louis C.K. was the second time, he'll be much less nervous. Generally, you know, you'll, you see the transition, whether it's Louis C.K. or Kevin Hart or, uh, or Chris Rock. Eventually, you know that they're comfortable when they lose the handheld mic during the monologue and just do it straight when they they're out of there. They're much more comfortable doing a non their non stand up comedy posture with the mic. Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, then, of course, uh, as you mentioned, we use up a lot of time in the monologue, so uh, no uh, going to commercial bit there. But we come back with this uh, segment on the airplane. Which was uh, quite a production piece because we really had a lot going on. Big set piece. There were fans. There were moving props. There was smoke. They really put a lot into this. You know, the first no surprise of the episode is that Vanessa Bayer, who was a not a large part of Trainwreck, but very critical and was in all was in many scenes with Amy Schumer. So obviously they're close. Is going to sort of kick off. Uh, you know, the two of them together kicking off a sketch. So uh, which was also I thought really fun. I also want to just encourage the live audience as we go along. If you have questions about particular sketches, then uh, post them as we go through and we'll try to uh, get to them as we talk about everything. So uh, in in terms of the uh, Delta flight attendants, uh, (laughs) it really takes a turn. We start off with the Spice Girls musical number and then Vanessa Bayer ends up bumping into the (laughs) the door and ends up flying outside the plane (laughs) And then uh, returns back into the plane and wants to continue the musical number. Yeah, I thought this was super funny. As I said, sort of at the beginning, this is sort of the example of the prototype prototypical sketch where it wasn't about a wacky character. It wasn't about a very high concept point that we're trying to make about something. It was just this bizarre, the door that kept opening up and then them still wanting to sort of, you know, get back to the cheesy song that they had done beforehand. Really fun performance. I thought Vanessa Bayer played it at 11. was really funny when she's like, I swallowed so much air. I thought that was very funny. And then when the same thing happens to Amy Schumer and she like pushes her away and then Amy finally comes back and I thought that was funny. She was like, I was out 
there for a full year. Everything about that was very funny. Although I will say MVP for the sort of pop in was definitely Taryn Killam as mm-hmm. Brian was just very his scream yeah. when she first was outside was so funny. Well, yeah, especially when they sort of beat him up like after she got back into the plane <laughs> that he comes back over yes. like, get away, useless Mark. <laughs> you did nothing. You did nothing. And then again, when it happened the second time, then it was very funny to see his reactions of again, like doing nothing. Yes. Yeah. So uh, no point to the sketch. And who cares? Very funny. Very silly ending. Uh, great production value. Great performances by the two by the two friends. Uh, just really funny. I, I, I really like this a lot. I thought this was really funny. A couple other quick things. I, I liked Keenan as the passenger. He did a good job, but like he was really yes. into the song as, as it was <laughs> playing. Uh, I, I will say that I feel like a little bit of a lack of an ending on this. I know it was sort of a wacky yes. thing, but I felt like they just didn't know how to get out of it after all that. Yeah, I mean, that, and that sort of happens when you're creating a sketch that's not necessarily framed around something where you're just sort of following the funny and there's nothing wrong with that. It's sometimes hard to come up with a button because it's not going to be a resolution. It's just going to be something that is funny to sort of end with. So we had Taron Killam sort of hitting that. Uh, so I thought that was interesting. Uh, another question from the from the group coach asked us, uh, is SNL having a problem keeping up with the times? Last week was men, when Harry met Sally. This week was the Spice Girls. Uh, I think there is something to that. I don't think, I mean, Amy is in her 30s. She's probably not old enough to remember when Harry met uh, uh, Spice Girls. I don't, I don't know how old she would have been. But uh, yeah, you know, this show is not written by millennials. So it's not going to be, uh, it's not going to be that. I, I thought it was all very funny. But I felt like that, um, I, I've read that comment too uh, from Justin and he, uh, you know, touches on something but i don't think it was necessarily supposed to be something that was super contemporary i thought it was supposed to be like that you know these these are women in their 30s and they're doing something that is that does feel dated and is potentially cheesy that flight attendants would do on a flight so i I didn't really uh, mind it there uh let me give you this question from uh rojizi in the chat room who says rich any chance is there that this wasn't the first sketch in dress but it got laughed so it got pushed to the front of the pack Great question. Uh, on a total guess, I'm going to say no, because there was so much production value involved in this. I bet that they had this set set up well before 1130 and they needed to uh, uh, not set this up during a commercial break. But they had uh, they had it set up. So I bet that it always was where it was because of the physical logistics of live television, not because it was or wasn't the funniest sketch. But I don't know. That's that's my assumption. Okay. Let's talk about the uh, next sketch, which is the uh, Hot for Teacher uh, film uh, where yes. where Amy Schumer plays a teacher and Kyle Mooney is the, uh, the student, which is going to be uh, waiting to get detention. Yeah, this was a very meta sketch. I mean, basically, the premise of the sketch is that A.D. Bryant is a real high school teenager in porn high school but not on the set of a porn high school film but within the actual high school uh so very just sort of like a okay if you're gonna like this sketch you just gotta go with it doesn't actually make any sense but Mm -hmm. i thought it was very silly in a fun way i i just thought they all they did a very like you just have to go okay i there's no possible way this makes sense and let's just have fun and i thought Really, because of AD and uh, and Amy together, I thought the two of them did a great job. Vanessa Bayer was very good. Um, I'd say 
Pete Davidson is maybe this sketch would have been even funnier if it was a more realistic. I mean, if Taron Killam could have played someone that young, the sketch would have been even funnier. I thought Pete was sort of removed from it. He was playing the bad actor a little too much for my taste. But overall, I thought uh, just really silly, really funny. That was Pete Davidson or Kyle Mooney as the as the guy. I'm sorry, Kyle Mooney. Kyle Mooney. Sorry. Um, you're right, though, about the uh, in the world that this was in, because you had Amy Schumer, who was sort of like breaking the fourth wall of like talking right. about herself as like, how did you get how did you get this job? <laughs> Where she says, oh, I was uh, I was tricked as a teenager. And so she's right. talking as the actress of the woman in the in the porno film. But A.D. Bryant and then Vanessa Bayer, who I thought was really, really funny in this Very sketch funny. also come yeah. in as people who are like real world inhabitants and talking about almost like that they're going to the school in the set where the porno is being filmed. They're talking about the school, but it really looks like an office building. And right. so, uh, but, was, but no mention of cameras or directors or. Yeah. So we played this weird sort of meta world kind of thing. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, um, it was it was funny. And uh you know, I really did like, uh, you know, I thought 80 was was really good. And I felt like, uh, you know, playing off of where it turned out that Kyle, that Kyle Mooney and Amy Schumer really were sort of like the straight people, even though they were sort of like uh, the, you know, you know, doing this cheesy uh, porn film dialogue that they were sort of playing it straight. Whereas, you know, 80 was the one uh, sort of like bouncing off of them and like, uh, you know, asking questions like, wait, hold on. There's a there's I heard you say there's going to be an oral exam. Um, <laughs> right. right. <laughs> You know. right. Or like when Amy said, like, he got a 68. Now I'll show him how to get a 69. And Eddie's like, but a 69 still a D plus. That's not very good. Like great sort of straight manning the ridiculous premise to get big laughs. Although I even thought uh, I thought Vanessa was great when uh, when Amy says, like, Ricky's about to go to F you. And she's like, Fordham University. Yeah. I went that yeah. really, really well played, well balanced. And then uh, t- speaking of the endings, what did you think of the last line where A.D. Bryan talked about? Um, um, Kyle Mooney and talked about, yeah, you know, uh, he's good from far away, but up close, he's pretty busted. Yeah, I like that. That really made me laugh. I thought an, an interesting sort of play on a uh, a common uh, take of of female porn actresses. So mm-hmm. uh, a fun little dig, I thought. Okay, and then we go to our commercial parody, uh, which turned out to be sort of a uh, PSA slash commercial for guns. Uh, we're here to stay. Yeah, uh, I like this. Uh, I thought it was a nice little twist reveal not a huge surprise we know amy schumer sort of uh you know has taken up the cause about gun control uh i thought that this was a very light touch at the subject of guns i thought i don't know if it was kid gloves or if they just decided to just take a very broad swipe that we all love our guns guns bring us together uh so i don't know that this was uh, a very cutting or insightful or uh damning thing this more seemed like a a fun light sort of joke about about guns yeah i felt like it probably wasn't you know, out there enough. Like it was like sort of like, okay, once you got the reveal that it was guns, I didn't find this to be, uh, you know, particularly, you know, overly twisted or anything like that. I felt like, uh, yeah, I agree with that light touch, uh, sentiment. 
in terms of uh, where it went. So it just wasn't, you know, out there enough for to be a huge laugh on this one. Yeah. I mean, compared to last season when we had uh, Dakota Johnson and we did the bit that was about, uh, you know, uh, uh, ISIS or Al Qaeda, that was just like super edgy and hilarious. Like, Oh my God, they just did this. This was like, Oh, it was cute. And they all, you know, Bobby Moynihan giving the little baby uh, his very first gun and going, oh, oh, you got your hands up. I thought it was all mm-hmm. very, a lot of very cute touches to this, but nothing that we're going to look back on and go, oh, my God, I can't believe that happened. It's just sort of like, okay. yeah, it was fine. All right. Well, before we get to uh, our weekend update, why don't we uh, t- discuss what was going on with the weekend and bring in our musical correspondent. Here he is, uh, the great editor of Exclaim magazine. Here is James Keith. James, how are you? Good, guys. How are you? Very good. James, did you enjoy the weekend? I really did. And I've enjoyed a, a lovely weekend. Uh, the Blue Jays performance so far aside. Uh, yes. And also, I enjoyed the weekend on Saturday Night Live. <laughs> yes. Very good. I'm going to need a lot of explaining on this one, James. I, uh, I, could, I'm very lost, so I, I don't understand really? anything about what I... Well, first of all, I, the guy, his hair, I think it was like Sebastian the Crab from The Little Mermaid <laughs> as a hairpiece, and uh, I, I, I'm very lost, so uh, just walk me through it. I really thought this was one of the ones that I was not going to have to provide a lot of context, because The weekend now has enjoyed two straight number one hits on the Billboard charts, uh, including The Hills, which was the first song. I can't explain the hair. He's had the same that hair for a long time. He did last year when uh, when he came on and did a duet with uh, Ariana Grande, and so you know it's it's a signature look at this point. It wasn't. It's not a temporary experiment. But no, I can't explain it. Okay. <laughs> and the weekend is a guy, not the band. That's what it's I was taking. One away. person. Yes. Okay. Got it, it is uh, Abel Tesfaye is his name, and he's from Toronto. So ah, okay. Up there representing the six. There you go. All right. So uh, what do you think of the uh, the first song that The Weeknd performed? So it's The Hills and uh, it is, in fact, the current Billboard number one hit in America. Uh, and very timely, actually, because just yesterday he dropped two new remixes of this song, one featuring Eminem and the other featuring Nicki Minaj. Oh. And, so, uh, and so that's that uh, she does not actually have a verse on the original version of the song, but they had just dropped this remix yesterday. And so uh, that's why she was there to do essentially to promote uh, to re-promote a song that everybody's already heard and to go and buy a new version of it. Uh, and I thought it was great. I thought both of them were really good. Uh, Abel, the weekend uh, for a long time has been very reclusive. He wouldn't perform live for a long time. He very, very rarely gives interviews. And so I, I sort of have this idea that he's kind of cripplingly shy and, uh, I thought he was really relaxed and, and they were smiling and having a good time. And I thought it was a really, really strong performance. He seemed to have gotten over any of his nerves. And, uh, and of course, it's a terrific song. And I thought Nikki, uh, you know, it was, a, it was just a great surprise um, to see her pop on. And, uh, and you know, she's having quite a, a last few months as well. So, Rich, were you surprised they didn't do more with Nicki Minaj being there? I think probably I wasn't super surprised because it wasn't her time to shine. I feel like she's actually, even though it seems like her personality is very over the top, my sense of her in real life is that she's very practical and pragmatic. So mm-hmm. I'm not surprised. I will say I, I I I knew the song a little bit. I didn't really the Nicki. I was listening to the Nicki Minaj lyrics and I was like, oh my, this is on TV. This this is like <laughs> premium cable. Like this is racier than than some of the shows. 
that I watch on HBO. Uh, oh, my my sensitive ears. What's going on here? Yeah, because Nick, they didn't use Nicki Minaj in a bunch of the sketches the last time she was the musical guest. So I was yeah. a little surprised. Well, that once as she's the musical the guest, I could see that, uh, you know, but mm-hmm. uh, yeah, I wasn't surprised that sort of just to do a drop on that she wasn't. But uh, but but very interesting. And before we get to the next song, I wanted to say, I don't know if you guys noticed, very interesting from a show perspective. The weekend does a song and then it's uh, presented to you by the Apple Music. And then we immediately go to a commercial for Apple Music featuring the weekend and the song we just heard. I thought, ah, there's a lot of financial synergy going on here. Uh, that must have been very well coordinated by uh, by uh, Broadway Video Enterprises. Very good. I don't know. We yeah. don't get those commercials up here, so I didn't see that. Ah, uh, that's okay. right. All right. Well, James, then uh, what about then the second song, uh, Can't Feel My Face? Uh, probably, is that the bigger of these two songs from the weekend or the one that at least has been around longer? Yeah, it was the first number one from the new record. And I, I would say it's the song that uh, just from the number of people that I know who's like four-year-olds are singing it. And, and there, it's certainly much more ubiquitous oh, as no. the hit of the summer. I would say they probably would have done it first, if not for Nicki Minaj being there. But they were, you know, they clearly said, well, we have her. We're going to swap them out. And it's the current number one. So, you know, they're, they're going to put her first, obviously. But uh, I, I thought uh, I thought this was a terrific performance as well. Um, you know, even just to, to do such a Michael Jackson indebted song. And to do it with essentially, I mean, the band was way at the back. So he's essentially alone on stage. And then to dance to that song when, you know, he's a fine dancer, but he's not Michael Jackson. So, uh, you know, I thought it was just a, a kind of a brave uh, spot and, and really said something about his confidence as a performer that he was just fully able to just take the stage alone and really own it and, you know, move around and, and really enjoy himself. And I, and it sounded really good. So it was a real, more of an indicator of a big leap that he's made as a performer in the last 18 months and the new record's terrific. So I wasn't surprised about that, but I thought the the performances were both, both of them were really confident and strong. James, I'd love to get some sort of like rating system or review so I could put context into where you think every performer lands from the musical perspective from SNL from week to week. Okay. Can you, can you, got, of, can you work five, on a system? Of five uh, out of 10, a, a letter grade, uh, a percentage, you know, whatever. Uh, just earbuds. off the top of my head, I, I would say this is a, Four out of five earbuds performance. <laughs> wow for 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 both songs or, or as a total ensemble. I would say as a total, yeah. Okay. And are we yeah. counting sets of earbuds or individual per earbud? So I under, get my context around the rating system. I, I think you can only have they have to come in pairs. Okay. 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 Got it. Just four, four pairs of earbuds four, out of five. Okay. Weird. Yeah. Okay. Four All pairs. Right, well, James. Uh, thanks. Uh, thank you so much. Uh, who's coming up next week with Tracy Morgan? Uh, Demi Lovato. Oh, is the musical guest. So I will have to Google who Demi Lovato is and get back to you. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Good luck with that. All right, uh, James, thank you so much. You can follow James on Twitter. He's at Exclaim Editor. And uh, we'll talk to you next week. Okay? Happy Canadian Thanksgiving, whatever <laughs> that supposedly is. Well done. Okay. Take care, James. Thanks. Bye. Bye. Okay. All right, Rich, let's get into the weekend update. That's uh, W-E-E-K-E-N-D update and uh, talk about where we were uh, this week. And 
Boy, a uh, lot, lot of talk about uh, the Beebs and uh, his member in Weekend Update this week. Yes. Well, we had a lot of sort of chunks this time. Instead of uh, one-off jokes, we had a lot of, uh, you know, we, we had a whole gun control piece. We had a little bit of a run on Bieber. We had a little bit of a run on, uh, you know, the Senate, uh, the the House of uh, Congress, uh, coming, House of Representatives coming up with a new speaker. Boehner. Yeah. So we had a lot of sort of runs uh, between, uh, you know, you know, both Colin doing some runs, Michael doing some runs, and then together them doing some pieces. Um, I would say I feel like I'm excited to say I really feel like Colin's finally come into his own. It took us a little bit to get there. How could it not? Um, and I'm excited to see Michael have that same evolution. I just don't think we've seen it yet. I think the chemistry between uh, Jost and Che uh, seems like off camera. It's very strong. Uh, they seem to have a real friendship, but I don't know that it is yet translated to a good banter uh, rhythm yet. So I'm hoping that as the season goes on, the rhythm of their co banter uh, continues to grow and evolve. Is it working for you that uh, they're a bit of a yin and a yang between uh, where they paint Jost as sort of the elitist uh, from at least from an economic perspective when they go to they go to him on basically like uh, they do, like they do a couple of jokes where they uh, tra- they you know sort of go back and forth between the two of them. They do it a lot with race as well between the two of them. Is that working for you? I I don't know that it's working as well as I would like it to. Like during the gun control, you know, Chase says something and then they cut to Colin and he's like, oh, you're not supposed to cut to me. And 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 Michael was like, oh, no. Yeah, I was. I was supposed like the rhythm of it isn't quite there. And there was also a bit in the gun control when Colin was like, I mean, you know, we're not the ones to talk. I mean, I don't have a gun. He doesn't have a gun. Well, you do. Um, I think we're still finding it. I think we were in the zip code, but we haven't found the street address just yet. So we're going to get okay. there. But we're I, personally, I don't think we're there yet. If other people like it, I support it 100%. Okay. Uh, we had some interesting uh, guests here. And we had Jay Farrow doing a new character, I believe. I don't think we've seen yes, it before. This was a new uh, character. Solomon. Was Solomon working for you? Uh, I mean, I liked it as a character. I really like seeing Jay Farrow do a character versus an impression. So I liked the character. I didn't personally get who this was supposed to be. So for me, I was more just kind of like going along with it to go, okay, well, I like the rhythm of the writing and I like the sort of the, you know, oh, they're turning off my air, not my air conditioning, my air. And then, oh, I don't have a sister. Like, So it was an interesting piece uh, overall, I don't know uh, that I got it necessarily. I don't know if there is, if you're 23 and working in New York City, that this is a guy that we all know. Uh, I don't, if we do. I, I'd love to hear from the chat room. Uh, I certainly don't know that who this guy is. Uh, but it was funny. I don't know that I'm dying to see it again. I thought this was kind of tough. Yeah. I thought that this was a... a- you know, a bit rough for uh, for a character. I was I was into it at first, but I felt like it was just going going on and on. 
And uh, I was out on this pretty quickly. Yeah, I know Rajizi just said in the chat room, I found Jay's character to be a lot like Keenan's Willie character. Uh, I, I, you know, as much as I've never been a fan of Willie, at least I get who that's supposed to be. And uh, Solomon, I didn't quite even get what we were going for, although I like the performance better than the Willie performance. So maybe in rewriting the character, the actual character sure that Jay was doing was funny. So I could see us landing on something over time. I my preference would probably be not to see this guy again, but we'll see. All right. Then what about the return of Mrs. Santini, uh, the yeah. Kate McKinnon uh, neighbor of Colin Joe's? I love Frida Santina. We saw her last year midway through the season when Kevin Hart hosted in January. Uh, I just think she's very funny. I don't think this was as funny as the first time, but I'm sort of splitting hairs. I thought this is a great performance. Great between the two of them. The notes always make me laugh. Uh, the first note was about a screaming baby. I liked when she said, I'm so sorry, your baby is a car alarm. That really made me laugh. Uh, and then, yeah. uh, you know, and then with the smoke alarm with the guys who smoke weed, when she started with the dear cast of the movie Friday, I'm so sorry that your apartment is Bonnaroo. <laughs> and then later on when she said, thanks for making my apartment smell like Adam Durwitz's hair. I thought that was very funny. Yeah. Uh, and I also, what I like about this is that, and we think we talked about this last year in between the sort of gag of the note we had a lot of funny little runs like he she reveals that she's a teacher (laughs) she says i I teach my monkey to steal in the street and we have a nice little run about how yesterday the monkey stole a 2011 ford festiva Uh, just all really funny stuff so not as funny as last year a couple of misses here and there uh but overall i was very happy to see miss santini back I like the intro to the first note that she wrote, uh, Dear Parents of Damien. Uh, that's good. And I also yeah. like that uh, like after she finishes the, each one, she's like, uh, that's, see, that's a good note. That's yeah, a good I, note. Yeah, yeah I, thought they were, I think note. that, and I even think that they're trying to brand her a little more because it seemed, and I get it, very deliberate, like, that's a nice note. Uh, that's like, a nice uh, note. That's yeah, a nice that's note. A, right, right, like yeah. to the audience, like, right, get it, right? We're, we're making this a thing, right? So, uh, yeah, I thought it was very funny. I, I, it always makes me laugh. She wrote two notes, Rich. Does that strike you as one got cut? Yes, I absolutely think one got cut for time. Okay. So uh, anything else from Weekend Update? We had the the bit where we cut to uh, the weekend for the Weekend Update. Yeah, cute, cute. Yeah, yeah I thought, uh, no, no, I'm looking at my, uh, nothing, nothing else, all that, uh, all that interesting. Okay, so now in the post-update section, uh, we did the sketch about the Lincoln play. And again, this was a, a very wacky uh, <laughs> very wacky segment, uh, which really allowed uh, Amy Schumer to shine. I felt. Yeah, this was performance. This was not obviously well written. It also didn't make a ton of sense. There was never a uh, a premise as to why uh, Amy Schumer's character is ad libbing the Lincoln assassination every time. Uh, I really liked Mike Bloom's note. Our friend friend of the show, Mister Bloom, who was like basically they did the exact same thing each beat uh, with the unconventional reaction, but they never heightened it or they never evolved it, uh, which I thought, uh, you know, was true to do it the three times without uh, it sort of evolving got to be a little little long in the tooth but uh, but Amy was very funny. Great straight manning from Taryn. Uh, It was it was cute. Yeah. I did like uh, all of the talk about uh, her work on the BK set. I thought that <laughs> yes. was good. And I really liked that the John Wilkes Booth character became that he was uh, lusting after Mary Todd. 
and he became increasingly uh, more of a pervert each time. And there's that there's that horny uh, John Wilkes <laughs> booth. He's trying to get with me and get in my pants. I really uh, did enjoy all that. Yeah, I did like our note from uh, AC Mazzaro uh, on Twitter this afternoon who said, uh, would that sketch have been improved if the uh, if the the John Wilkes Booth character had embraced the improv the third time around? And I thought, yes, exactly. This It's kind of what it needed is let's do something. Let's take this somewhere crazy that wasn't the same rhythm. So but but definitely cute. Yeah, but Keenan was a funny uh, straight man also uh, in that one. All right, uh, let's talk about Times Square and the hands-free selfie stick. Yeah, this I thought was a one-note joke. Um, You know, things up your butt, I guess, are funny. Um, It was fine. It was not, there wasn't much to... uh, to go once we sort of once we establish that we're shoving it up our butt, um, then it was sort of the same joke over and over again. It's okay. It was it was was fine for me. What did you think? Yeah, I I feel like uh, yeah, once you got the the big the big reveal, um, then you know if that if that didn't you know uh, kill you then then I feel like um, you know there wasn't much much further to go with that. Yes, exactly, exactly. Yes. Okay. Uh Scott in the chat room wants to know how did they get Central Park so empty? Uh the the power of permitting as opposed to the uh lazy Sunday pieces and the the digital shorts. I'm sure if you're involving Amy Schumer, you are getting a permit from the city of New York and shutting it down. So New Yorkers, you want to enjoy a nice Saturday in New York? Go F yourself. We're shooting a sketch about selfie sticks up our butt. Okay. Well, maybe going to get that permit was the inspiration for the community forum meeting where we got to see cycling through a bunch of characters in a small town. I'm not sure if we got the name of the town. I don't know uh, if we did. <laughs> yes. Uh, Bakersfield. And uh, we got to meet a bunch of people. And really, uh, it was like one of these things where we have this a lot on SNL, where it's like whether it's like a wedding and people getting up to give a toast. It's just sort of like a showcase for everybody playing these sort of uh, wacky characters. I was a little disappointed that there was less sort of callbacks to things that we had already established before. But uh, it definitely had its moment. Yeah, I thought good performances, good little pieces. Uh, Yeah, I thought because there was no sort of overarching sort of theme to it, it didn't build on on itself it just felt like the uh, a slideshow of and here's our next character chachunk and here's our next character chachunk uh the only showing of leslie jones for someone who had such a strong week one really was a background character in week two um so yeah i thought this was this was fine i think uh as uh, as uh, the reviewer on hitflick said which i thought was absolutely dead on uh this was a pale comparison to some of the uh, town hall scenes from parks and recreation which were some of my favorite that built so nicely you know sort of crazy upon crazy upon crazy this was not that um but everyone did a nice job good good character from amy schumer i'm guessing the amy schumer character of sort of the the sort of child uh probably came first and they started to build around it as a way to get the character that's my guess yeah again uh more talk about the beebs as well uh yes from- uh, then we also ended up with our last sketch of the night, which was a, uh, a rather long, uh, 1250, uh, sketch. I feel like that usually these are uh, a little bit shorter. Uh, we had the baby shower and the missing purse. I 
Loved this sketch. I this is exactly what I want at twelve fifty five. I mean, it's a bait and switch sketch because it starts out where we're setting up that Vanessa Bayer is the crazy person. She doesn't know how pregnant she is. She doesn't trust doctors. She's just winging it. So okay, it's going to be about a weird pregnancy. And then uh, Jesse shows up, the best friend of Cecily Strong, whose character's name is never said. And I got to tell you, I went to high school with this woman, Jesse. I've been at bars with this woman. Jesse, anyone from Long Island knows Jesse, uh, and I just thought this was a very funny sketch. Great performance, uh, really fun. And uh, at the point when <laughs> Cecily Strong is breaking down in tears and describing all of the things in her purse, mm-hmm. we were rolling in laughter. I just thought this was hilarious. Yeah, and the stuff that was in the purse, uh, you know, starts <laughs> out the first. I think the first thing was my parents' information, my parents uh, was address first, and information, yeah. my. Parents passport and then my UTI medicine and my heartburn pills, yes. my phone charger and something like my NARS. I just, yes. <laughs> which I Googled uh, what that was. Yeah, also, I, I also had to Google to find out about <laughs> NARS. This was just, but just her performance in that. And then, and, and Amy's, you wouldn't even say straight man. It's just sort of peas in a pod, crazy person, uh, sort of just, just reacting with everyone else around her. You know, when Kate McKinnon is this, is this the normal person you know your character is at 11 so i thought she was just very very fun they both were very funny together great sort of payoff it was it was all really fun uh, ultimately they find the purse at the end and then uh it's sort of like a uh you know go back try to go back to normal after that uh amy schumer wants to use the upstairs bathroom yes, i love that i love that she wanted to use the upstairs bathroom so yeah all very funny great way to end the show really fun okay so then rich uh Watching on the East Coast feed, uh, the goodbyes were cut very short. What did you take away from the goodbyes yeah. uh, on the West Coast version? Well, the West Coast version was equally extremely short, although I went back and watched them on Hulu because there is no bigger SNL nerd than me, and I wanted to see them. Uh, great, uh, genuine excitement and affection from Amy Schumer. Uh, as soon as she says the sort of official goodnights, and obviously to Nikki and to uh, The weekend, she then gives a huge bear hug to Vanessa Bayer. They're like, it almost seemed like uh, they were tearing up. It was really sweet. And then she give a big bear hug to Kate McKinnon. And I sort of felt like, uh, and it, it turns out she then uh, is basically uh, thanking all of the women on the show, including Leslie Jones, who she had no scenes with, uh, and then says goodbye to the men as well and thanks them. Uh, but I thought very indicative of what this episode, you know, Amy Schumer's show has a lot of really interesting uh, writing from sort of a, a feminist perspective without hitting you over the head. This show was not that, but this show was all about the woman of SNL. I mean, we really talked about Taryn Killam as a minor character in the airplane sketch and how many men have we mentioned since then, uh, you know, of note, this was really a show about the women of SNL. It was Vanessa. It was 80. It was, uh, it was um, 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 uh, something like uh, uh, Kate, uh, you know, really being front and center for the entire show as far as sketches goes. And, uh, and they seem to all have a really good time. So everyone seemed to be in good spirits, including Beck Bennett, who got no screen time this week was not yeah. on the show, uh, but still seemed to be in good spirits. Well, it's such a big cast also. I mean, in yep. the baby shower sketch, uh, Sashir Zameda was there. I was like, oh, yeah, Sashir Zameda. She's on the show, too. I forgot about her. Yeah, I she's mean, very it's, small this week. Yeah, yeah. It's very hard to service everybody. And this was a 
than that, I felt like there were not a ton of sketches either. So I felt like, uh, you know, it's really going to be tricky this season for people to uh, get their share of airtime. Yeah, I mean, 17 people. I mean, that's a lot. You know, you divide it by we talk about what do we got here? One, two, three, four, uh, five, six, seven, eight, eight live sketch or eight eight comedic sketches taking out weekend update 17 people john rudinsky is not going to get a frame of airtime this night you know jay farrow very even keenan was in a number of sketches but he was sitting in an airline seat at the beginning he was the tour guide in ford's movie theater he did not have any big lines uh you know it's just that's how this is going to roll you're going to see you know now next week you're going to see a lot of Keenan. You're going to see a lot of Leslie Jones. You're going to see a lot of Sashir Zameda. You know, they're going to be, you know, and I think that they know that this is going to be a big, big episode for them. Uh, you know, so I'm very looking forward to it. Okay. Uh, Scott in the chat wants to know, does the host get a lot of say into the skits or is it related to their comedy reputation? Oh, no, the host. Absolutely. I mean, the host is in the room with Lauren Michaels when they're deciding what's going to make it on air and what's not going to make it on air. A host absolutely can kill a sketch. Um, I've heard talk that Lauren is very persuasive and he's very good at convincing hosts to do sketches that they don't think are going to kill that Lauren knows are. But the host is very, very involved. If a, if a host does not like a sketch after the table read, it's very hard to get it through. And if a host doesn't want to do a sketch, it is almost certainly going to get killed um and also as we know through the 40 years if a host doesn't like a sketch they can just phone in the performance in the dress rehearsal which will result in a mediocre reaction from the audience which will result in you know steve higgins and and lauren and gang cutting the sketch because it didn't kill so uh not that they're necessarily saying i want to be with this person i want to be with that person but they have uh, they have a lot to say about this definitely Okay, Coach's Beard in the chat wants to know, uh, do they need to cut some people from the cast? Did you agree with the decision to bring everybody back from uh, last season and then add uh, another featured player? This is a hard one. You know, we've always talked about that. If I was the corporate monolith looking down without taking people's feelings aside, we should definitely pare the cast down just based on numbers. The problem becomes if you say, okay, Rich, who do you cut? And I... I don't know. I mean, maybe maybe this is a better way to go in the short term where you have a younger person on like uh, like um, uh, we had Miley Cyrus. You sort of feature some people. You have a strong woman. You feature some other people. You have an alumni. You feature other people. I, I think it's harder to build a sort of uh, momentum of cast members and great characters. So I, I, I think you got to cut. I think that they're waiting for people to leave. Um I don't know who I would cut, though, because I love everybody. It doesn't matter other than for nerds like us that are talking about like, oh, who got the most screen time? I mean, if you were just trying to ultimately have the best show every week, does it matter? How does it does it affect the quality in any way to have a cast of 17 people? I well, here's where I think it does. I think when you take out the nerds like us, if you said to my sister and hop hog, name three people on SNL, she would go. Uh, I, I don't know. I, I, I don't know that I could name one. And I think when you have 17 people, people don't shine. Maybe Kate McKinnon gets remembered. You know, I, I, I think that if you want to get sort of a, a, a I don't want to say marketing, but if you want to get momentum, 
you have to have a, a smaller cast of characters that we're seeing all the time that we're remembering. Uh, so I, I think it is hard. Yeah, I, I think it doesn't affect the quality of the show. I think it affects the quality of sort of the promotion of the show and the show in sort of the the I think this era will be forgotten by non-SNL nerds seven years from now because there were too many people and we couldn't get our heads around, oh, that was that cast that we all remember. Okay. Rich, anything else from the Amy Schumer episode? Uh, no, a lot of fun. Really good. Uh, really good stuff. Uh, you know, I don't know that there's any sketch that I think we'll be talking about at the end of the year, but uh, I was quite amused for 90 minutes and that's all I can ask. Okay. Um, next week, Tracy Morgan uh, comes back. Do you want to call any shots for something that we uh, do or do not see for Tracy Morgan next week? I think we'll see a lot of cameos. I mean, if we don't see Brian Fellows, I, that seems insane to me that we won't have a Brian Fellows. As we saw Tracy on the Emmys at that time, given the horrendous accident he was in, I think he... Uh, unless he gets a lot stronger in his ability to perform uh, since that time. I think that they are, it is going to be more about uh, a salute to a comedian that we all love that almost died and didn't and can be here. I don't know that we're going to be able to lean on the crazy comedy of Tracy Morgan that we all knew back before this accident. So I think it's going to be, I think we'll see Tina Fey. I think we might see Bill Hader. I think we'll see Amy Poehler. I think we'll see a lot of his friends come back to support him uh, and, and just sort of, uh, and build around him as opposed to uh, things uh, in the chat room. We're saying uh, 30 rock. Yes. I think Alec Baldwin's a great call. I absolutely, I think we could absolutely see Alec Baldwin there. So yeah, I think it's going to be more about how much we love him more than, than uh, Tracy himself making us laugh with his with comic timing. How many times has Tracy Morgan hosted SNL? I'm looking back. I see he hosted in 2009. Has he hosted another time since then or before? Um, I don't think so. I'm probably gonna... not. I probably left like in the mid 2000s, and then I think 30 Rock started in 2006. Yeah, I'm trying to think of. Uh, yeah, I'm trying to think if he's. I, 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 he probably did guest. I'm going to take a look as we speak. Um, you're right, 2009. Yeah, it was only 2009 was the only time he hosted. Okay, and it seems like uh, he did do Brian Fellows uh, at that point in time in 2009. So it's interesting. Uh, Astronaut Jones, you think that's uh, that's uh, there? No, I don't think so. No, okay. I don't think so. I'm trying I, to think of, uh, of other Tracy Morgan. Uh, who, was, who was the guy that used to live in the sewer? Oh, that uh, that kiss Britney Spears. Yes, I can't remember. I, I don't think, I, again, I'm hoping I'm wrong, of course, and I'm not saying this. I'm not trying to take any shots at Tracy Morgan. I, I, I'm i concerned about his, his health, uh, you know, in his recovery. So I don't know that we're going to see him anchoring a lot of sketches. I think we're going to see him and so that's why I don't know other than I think they'll want to do Brian Fellows uh, as his sort of signature piece. I think we're not going to see him anchor that much again. I would love to be wrong and and see him really make a, a real great physical recovery and 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 do something great. But whatever it is, I'm just excited. No Dominican Lou. <laughs> I don't think so. I don't think we'll see that. We'll see. Okay. All right. So we will see exactly uh, what happens uh, next week. Uh, Tina Fey, yes or no? I think we'll see Tina Fey. Yes, absolutely. Okay. All right. So good stuff. Looking forward to uh, that next week. 
Uh, I've got a, a Dominic birthday party uh, next Sunday, so we'll have to figure out a little bit of uh, the logistics of when we're going to record uh, next Sunday. Ah. But uh, you and I can figure that out offline. Thanks, everybody. Uh, to uh, Thank you to everybody who watched the show live. Had a good uh, turnout for the Amy Schumer episode. I think people were pretty excited about it. Yes. I think it all worked out well. Everyone, everyone got what they came for. Hopefully right. here as well. All right. Uh, if you want to subscribe to our SNL podcast feed, our dedicated feed on post-show recaps, you can do that at postshowrecaps.com slash SNL iTunes. Rich and I will be back next week to talk about everything. Uh, Rich, anything else? No. Excited for next week. All right. So take care, everybody. Have a good week. Looking forward to hearing your comments on our website at postshowrecaps.com. And uh, have a good one. Take care, everybody. Bye. Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? 
No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.